the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. <laughs> Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have y'all here with me on this Taco Tuesday. And by the way, stay tuned because in a moment we're going to share with you a late breaking idea for a taco because it is Tuesday and time for news you can use. And what greater news that you can use besides an idea of an ingredient you can put in your taco. So before we get into that, though, I got to remind you guys that if you miss any part of tonight's show, download the podcast. Last hour, we had some really good information for you guys involving FBI Director Ray before Congress today. Also, uh, different uh, things having to do with crime and the Second Amendment. So definitely download the podcast. And uh, if you want to catch up, email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. In fact, I have some emails to read out for y'all that I got yesterday. Some in particular related to National Cookie Day. I will get to those later on in the show. But now, speaking of yummy food, I got to bring in the one and only. It is DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame Broccolini. I am really, really in the mood for a taco right now. I don't know. I know yeah. it's Taco Tuesday, so I'm supposed to be, but incidentally, I am. So, well, could it be because uh, <laughs> Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law, uh, our favorite estate planning attorney, was actually munching <laughs> on some very apropos funeral potatoes during the break, and then we, I had the brainchild, which was you could put funeral potatoes in a taco. You guys doubted me at first, did you not? <laughs> You doubted me. The cheesy, smooth goodness of carefully baked potatoes with cheesy and gosh, all these little vegetables and in a carnitas taco. I mean, it would be absolute <laughs> genius. And I guarantee you, though, I'm going to be getting lots of emails because I got in so much trouble one time when I dared to say that a quesadilla with ham and cheese was a taco. <laughs> and <laughs> I think you can put anything in a taco shell and particularly some funeral potatoes. And that's not mm-hmm. that's not as, as uh, crazy as some of the wacky laws that uh, Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law, who you listen to every day at Word on Wealth right here on the stage. Uh, so speaking of that, first of all, thank you for being back with us tonight, my dear. My pleasure. I always love this. Thank you. And we always love you. It's always super fun. You always make me laugh. So, and I love laughing at, you know, if we can't laugh at the United States right now, and particularly the laws on the books, <laughs> what could we laugh at? So uh, what do you got for us this week? I'm on the edge of my seat. I am taking you outside of the United States. Now we are going Ooh. international. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm so the AK show is so cool. We're we're global babies. All right. Take us. This is global weird laws. Okay. And so okay. I got I got two and I thought that was interesting. So we're not the only crazy people that put weird stuff on the books. So in in um and, and I understand the way that they're trying to protect us and keep us um morally clean and thinking in the right direction. On that, in Poland, it is illegal to wear a Winnie the Pooh t-shirt. <laughs> what? Yeah. You cannot a wear Winnie a Winnie the, the Pooh, Pooh t-shirt. t-shirt? Uh-huh. Because Winnie the Pooh has no pants. <laughs> he has a bare bottom. And that is bad in Poland. Winnie the Pooh with a bare bottom. That's just, it's not, you know, so there you go. <laughs> Well, it's so. not a bare bottom. I mean, I don't know. It looks kind of like a diaper to me. I mean, it's not like we're seeing, you know, crackage or any, you know, parts, anything going on. You get to see his tail, um, I mean, though. It is a oh, bare oh. bottom. Bare B- bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what to think about this. I, I well, You know what? I'm lying. Because let me tell you, there's certain jokes that are coming to mind. Uh, they used to be called Pollock jokes. <laughs> and this is not one because this is just simply, it's the. Uh, it's one fun. of my if oldest This is an example is that not, not only in the United States, but in other areas of the world, there are politicians that just go like, <laughs> we're not going to let this happen. I do not want my child seeing someone parading around the streets of Poland with a bear, with a bear bottom. A bare bottom bear on a T-shirt, that's wrong. Wow. But the best, the next one is even better because this okay, one. I can't imagine me. any better than that. You have topped yourself with No, the, this it, one. With, okay, I'm going to say this one and you tell me why. I mean, I think it's it surprised me. In okay. Switzerland, it is illegal to hike naked. <laughs> <laughs> that one I can kind of understand, okay? Because if you look like, you know, Antonio Sapato Jr. back in the day, I don't know that anybody'd have a problem. But if you look like, say, Borat on the beach in that bikini and you're in the woods, you might be scaring off some bears or creating all kinds of not scaring off bears. You might be like inciting bear attacks or something, right? I mean, it's literally dangerous for some people to take their clothes off. Have you ever been to a to a quote clothing optional beach, Gary Quackenbush? No. Go to a clothing optional beach. We have one Black's Beach right I, here in no. La Jolla, and you will understand my point. Okay. No, there's some people that should never be naked anywhere, even by themselves in the woods. Andrea, it doesn't even, it's not even naked. It's the thongs. Okay. You're on regular clothing (laughs) beaches, and some people that have the butt flaw, I can say that on the air, right? The flaw suits. And I go, I'm sorry, guy or gal. That's gross. Yeah, okay. terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's you don't like even need black speech. To me. It's the- right. Right. Yeah. And you know what? And here's the thing. It's like <laughs> it, it doesn't even matter if you're in good shape. It's just nasty to me. It's nasty. It reminds me of the time I was at a restaurant in Orange County and this waitress comes up and she's got on bikini, like bikini bottoms and nothing else. And it's like I'm just it's just gross. It's like I'm feeling like. 
in a restaurant setting, stuff's hanging out and getting near my food. I mean, it's just, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is in Switzerland. It's like they don't want you leaving parts of yourself along the trail. I, I don't know. Did you find any explanation as to the, to the legalities here? I just think there we found two countries that are anti-bear bottom. Well, <laughs> and the thing is, is Switzerland, they don't usually like to take a side. So why are they anti anything? I don't know, but there, there was actually right. Some, Aren't they Swi- supposed to be the ones? That- Swi- yeah. Well, this is 2011. This is 2011. <gasps> the the hiker was hiking bare bottom, and was fined a hundred dollars for his bare bottom adventure. Interesting. This is 2011. This is now. Like does 1800s. this also apply to women? Because maybe they're con- they're cool over there with the chicks roaming around without any drawers on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Sesame Broccolini is being suspiciously quiet on this whole subject. Sesame, is there anything you want to share with us on this, on uh, the bare bottom uh, stories here out of Poland and Switzerland? (laughs) Well, I think the Poland one's hilarious. I suppose they're they're both hilarious, but especially the Poland one, because I think of Winnie the Pooh as being so innocent and harmless. So it's interesting that they take it with offense. Uh, as if it's as if it's it's uh, explicit or something. But hey, look, I, well, do they do they think it's real? Do they think it's a real you know animal or something? Is that what they <laughs> is? I don't know. I mean, you know, well, there's there's some children's shows that ban um, SpongeBob because SpongeBob he wears underwear, but it's a thong, and so they banned him because it's an obscene <laughs> pants. So Sponge I suppose maybe I have no pants on the back Bob. of a sponge would be okay. I watched SpongeBob with my nephew when he was little. I don't recall a thong, Gary. Are you just troubled by thongs? Are you just now like so? You're so anti-thong no. as as I am that you're imagining thongs. No, SpongeBob that has what's a thong. Going he has, to, well, he's a, he has a square butt, I mean, because he's a sponge, and they, so he has his, yeah, his unders are So like, the corners yeah, are hanging out. Gotcha. Okay. It's a thong, yeah. And you yeah, know what the name of have, his snail is, right? No. SpongeBob snail. Sesame, come on, Sesame Broccolini, you know the name of the snail. The snail? Uh, n- Gary, maybe? No. Yes. Yeah, Gary. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. The snail's named Gary. Yes, there we go. I know. Thank you. Okay, then. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I sat and watched it with my my nephew. That didn't mean I was actually paying attention to such details. So I'm glad you guys are here. Um, I, I, I have no explanation for the Winnie the Pooh story, except maybe there's, I don't know. I, I, it's I'm honest. The only thing you it know, reminds me of is the fact that it's illegal to compare Xi Jinping to Winnie the Pooh in China. I think Winnie the Pooh's actually been banned from China. Because too many people sarcastically said oh. that Winnie the Pooh looks a lot like Xi Jinping. So now maybe people, that's really what it is. Like there's and a they big diss in China about calling him Pooh Bear. So I, I don't know if, if for, but for some reason. So there, there's at least that two countries be. now that have beef with Winnie the Pooh. I, uh-huh. I think it's because it's considered soft porn. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I, 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 
Uh, now I'm really thinking of my Polish friend and what he may say. Uh, he's probably listening tonight and coming up with all kinds of jokes about his Polak relatives that he's planning to tell around the holidays. So uh, you're welcome, by the way, if you are listening to my old friend out of New Orleans. All right. We got to get into some news you can use. So oh, yeah. speaking of the holidays, I hate to go negative, but I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And I was like, oh, are you uh, heading to your home state for the holidays? And she goes, no, remember my dad died and now everybody's fighting. And I think I'm going to have to stay in NYC over the holidays by myself. That's sad. I don't even need to know the details. You and I both know what's going on, don't we, Gary? Yes, because the moderator, the, the, the moderator died. It just happens. And the people go crazy and they, they say, I mean, I, I, yeah, I talk to people constantly about this and I, I say, I understand the one son was more responsible than the other. And the one daughter was more responsible than the other. And one is more attentive to you than, you know, than the other, but you just have to be careful no matter what you do. If you said, okay, everybody's getting everything equal equally, then one of them is going to get all the bent out of shape because he was the better son. You know, if you say, well, we're going to give more money to the better son, the other is going to say, oh, I was cheated. Well, at least I am a son and I took care. You know, it's just it it's never perfect. But if it's done, it makes a difference. And the biggest difference that I find between having nothing and having it go to probate, I mean, a lot of times the, the end result is similar. But when you go to probate, everything is so delayed and so, you yeah particular that it gets people just incensed because it's like, why is this taking so long? Why, how could it take a year and a half? Why are we two years into this thing and nothing has happened? And it gets, I mean, it's, it's just paralyzing what happens to people when you go to probate and then the kids hate each other and they'll never talk to other, each other ever. Yeah. I don't really know. I didn't probe for details. I don't know if there was no plan at all and now they're all fighting over it or if there was a plan and one person is, or or multiple people are feeling, um, you know, mistreated or, or whatever the situation is. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it, it to me, it, it wasn't done properly or at least communicated in a right way. Or there could still be situations. Gary, have you had situations where everything was done on the up and up and people are still fighting? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, and I think part of it is, so it's like what happens is, uh, someone passes away, maybe you're in charge of the estate and it just, everything takes longer than you think it should. And if, when you're in the thick of it, you know why it takes so long because everything just like there's a signature here, this has to go there. You have to deal with all these different people and each piece of the puzzle, you have to somehow fit time into your life to do it. And the ones that are not involved in it can't imagine why it would take so long to get it done. And when you try to explain it to them, they're just like, oh, I'm not having it. Just let me do it. You know, and you right. can't. No, I can't. I'm the successor trustee. I'm going to continue to take care of it. You know, and, and it just it just drags on. And I, I just think, I mean, the secret would be like before you die, have everything liquidated, converted to cash. And then after you die, just pass out checks at the funeral, I suppose. But I mean, well, people are just uh, going to fight about it. I just think you have to deal with it and realize well, it's just going to be hard. I suspect that in this case, he just recently died. So I suspect in this case, there was a lot of surprise somehow, mm-hmm. some way. And I think that is is to be avoided. Uh, there's, you know, you can't avoid all 
fighting and unhappiness, but you can mitigate a lot of it. In the case when my grandma died, she had already dispensed and uh, with it and given out and, and separated out her assets. And all that was left was her personal property inside the house. Hmm. And that got picked over like, you know, a carcass. And because that's how people do. And mama called me. I'd already said my goodbyes to grandma. She's like, if you want anything, what do you want out of the house? Because Uncle Buddy and Aunt Caroline were already there while grandma was still in the hospital. I'm like, I can't believe they're picking her bones. I, you know, shame on them. I just want her eyeglasses because grandma always read her Harlequin romances with her little cat eyeglasses. Because the idea of fighting over furniture was just gross to me. But a death brings out the worst. And it, at least grandma had the sense to di- get, deal with the bulk of her assets uh, before she passed. And then it was just about, you know, who was going to get the China, you know, and she didn't mm-hmm. have much. Uh, final thoughts, Gary Quackenbush. I think the more organized you are, the better. And I think if you're if you're definite about what you want to do or what you want to have, I just think it's better to kind of leave it more organized. The more organized, the better, because then there's less to fight over because it makes it clear. So it's it's really a matter of being organized and expecting it's going to be difficult. Everybody just has to have a little bit of thick skin and a little less like particularity about I want this. It's just like, let it go. Just let it go. Mm -hmm. Family is more important than stuff. Absolutely. And having somebody do things the right way is also huge in that. Yes. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Um, go to my website, gqlaw.com, gqlaw.com. And if you get a lawyer in the middle, let it, everything is that lawyer's fault, not yours. And that way it's easier to kind of let the lawyer take the blame and not the family members. Don't Good do point. it yourself. Get a lawyer. Good point. gqlaw.com. gqlaw.com. And don't hike in Switzerland naked or you're going to pay a fine. Thank you, GQ. Appreciate you. Good one. Thank you, honey. You too. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Yeah, you can email me, right? AndreaKayShow.com, AndreaKayShow.com. Love to hear your thoughts, your ideas. Topic suggestions, guest suggestions, anything that's on your mind, you want to rant, you just want to give me some advice, whatever, andreakeshow.com, andreakeshow.com. You can also download the podcast if you missed any part of tonight's show. We just had Gary Quackabush on with his wacky laws happening. (laughs) That's always crazy uh, to hear about, but he also dispenses some good news you can use. Speaking of news you can use, you found something crazy, Sesame Broccolini, that I hadn't heard of, and it's incredibly disturbing, and it has to do with Hamas. Explain. Yeah, it does have to do with Hamas, and it's a very weird way to sort of support them and sympathize with them, but there's a very interesting debate, I guess, going on around it. The crux of the matter is that somebody put together a video game, I'm not sure, just, I guess, you know, to set their, to to be clear here, um, lots of different kinds of video games, but there are obviously what they call FPS, or first-person shooter, where you pretend to be some person, a soldier, in this case, a Hamas soldier, and you're you're stationed at the Al-Aqsa, what's called the Al-Aqsa Mosque, um, which is also, it's a holy site in a f- couple of different Abrahamic religions, which uh, obviously in Judaism and Islam, if I'm not mistaken, and that makes, for a lot of 
difficult controversy, I guess, but the the big thing is you you basically spawn in and you're a Hamas soldier in this virtual world, this virtual reality, and you walk around with your gun in your hand and you're explicitly looking for Jewish people. And as soon as you see them, you shoot them, you kill them. Um, there's blood. It's incredibly graphic. You can see videos of the game online. Uh, there's there's been some reporting about it from I think Colin Rugg who does does a lot of good reporting on it. I think it's unbelievable. Uh, for a lot of reasons, I, I, I actually sort of took a stand online and said that this is not a good thing to see in the world. And a lot no. of people sort of weirdly, I guess, ba- you know, I faced some backlash. I got, I got some criticism online because people say, oh, well, there's Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto and lots of other violent video games where you're basically shooting people in a virtual world. So who cares about this particular game and who cares if you're a Hamas soldier and it's just a video game wow. and. For me, it sort of speaks to the banality of evil. Who cares? You know, it's something yeah. small, right? It's like, well, I mean, a lot of times the things that are most evil or or um, detrimental to the well-being of society are the things that seem small. And that's because the right. devil hides in the details. So it, it just seems, who cares? It's just well, one video game. and say, Yeah. Right. Well, the, the, you, I just have to jump in mm-hmm. before I lose my train of thought. Well, you, you know, what you just said was in, in, in the small details – Oh, see, I did lose my train of thought. Um, the fact that anybody would say what's the big deal means the devil's already won. When that's where, when that's, it has been a slow progression uh, for decades in the United States of America to devalue life, to coarsen our culture, to, um, to, you know, um, it, which was a part of taking God from society, right? Um, and, and for some reason I'm seeing that tying in in my mind to the satanic display that mm-hmm. is yeah. in, in Iowa because, you know, Kim Reynolds today, the governor of Iowa is defending that under free speech. Unbelievable. When, we're, when we begin to, to defend depravity, we're gone. We're lost. We were blessed as a nation because we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles and values. And that was not to pretend to kill Jews. No, look, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned this Iowa situation because there was nothing noble or virtuous about defending evil or protecting what is wrong. And on top of that, to to celebrate or protect something that this is a statue that's clearly about subverting Christianity and the Christian truth yes. and our Christian values. And the idea that we should defend something that wants to subvert those values inside of a Christian nation, and this largely is a Christian nation. Basically, every single founding father, with the exception of Thomas Jefferson, was not a deist, but a Christian and descendants of Christian Western Europe. So it's very – it's foolish for for me to think that – or for anyone to think that the founding fathers, for example, would would protect that kind of evil under the guise of freedom of speech or freedom of expression. There is no free expression to subverting Christian values, the foundation of this country. This is the founding fathers would never even have let this kind of statue go up in the first place, let alone defend it once it is standing up. So it's so funny because people that normally love tearing down statues and subverting American history are going to sit here and defend a statue that's all about, you know, um, worshiping the devil and encouraging people to be the worst possible version of themselves, because that's what this whole Satanism crowd is really about. They want you to be the worst, most violent 
most hedonistic version of yourself, the lowest possible you out there. And that's what they want for all of all Americans, really. It's it's sad and it's again, it's just very foolish. There is no con- there, the constitution does not protect this kind of evil or the or the spread or dissemination of it. So it's Well, maybe well maybe it does. Maybe it is and because see Kim Reynolds and I'm glad we're having this discussion. Kim Reynolds, governor of Iowa, is defending this under the guise of free speech. And so is DeSantis, team DeSantis by the way, because because they need you to not be feel anything negative to, uh, uh, regarding Kim Reynolds because she has endorsed DeSantis. So Team DeSantis is defending this when if she had endorsed Trump, what would they be saying today, right? Um, this may be uh, a, a protected speech, just like um, it's the KKK is protected speech, but we still denounce it, don't we? Yeah, we still do. Instead, instead, she's defending it. Instead, Mm -hmm. she's she's actually saying, oh, see, look how great it is that we had people come in and pray around a Christmas tree at the same time that there's a satanic display. What she should be saying is this display is despicable. It's absolutely nothing that reflects what this country's values and our and, and our morals. We are supposed to be a moral society, and this does not reflect us. Unfortunately, because of the U.S. Constitution, I have to let it sit here. But make no mistake about it, I find it absolutely despicable and depraved. And this country is in a battle against good versus evil, and this should be a reminder of that. That's what she should be saying if she wants to, to hide behind the Constitution. And even that, I, I mean, maybe, maybe... I'd be curious to I'd be curious to hear sort of if you think that's a really strong argument. I don't know. I mean, I'm the not, first the, the first amendment is teleological. The, the founding fathers said it, it, ultimately the end goal is a good and just and moral society. It's it's like when we talk about freedom and liberty, they didn't mean freedom to do whatever you want whenever you want to whomever you want. It's freedom and liberty to do what is right and good regardless of what some political tyrant named King George has to say about it. It's the same thing with speech. Speech is about getting to the truth. It's about getting to what is good and what is right. The founding fathers created all of these rights, or I guess really God created these rights and gave them to us, but the founding fathers understood that they're teleological. The First Amendment, the, the, the inherent goodness of the First Amendment does not depend upon the fact that it means you get to speak. It's about what you're saying and for what purpose. There is intent here. There is an overall end goal. So, look, maybe the First Amendment on first glance defends this kind of thing because it is what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say. But that there's another layer to the First Amendment about what your intent is and the implications and ramifications of what you're calling for and what you're saying. And it's the idea that we should be defending Satanism, basically, and the, and the Satanic Church inside of a Christian nation, to me, is just such a weaponization of the liberty that is yep. granted by the Constitution. And that's what Satanists yes. do. They, Because I, I, I'm that's sure many people... Do. Yep. That's what the Islamists do as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think if Satanists could ban the Christian Church and ban people from worshiping the one true God, I think they would. Um, I'm not saying that that's what we need to do, but I do think that... There are obviously limits to the use of the First Amendment, and that's not a call for censorship. It's a call, again, it's a reminder of the fact that the First Amendment has a purpose. It's not about being able to say whatever you want to whomever you want, regardless of who gets hurt or how it impacts the rest of society. And the idea that we should be 
again, tolerating or even celebrating evil. I guess I could tolerate it insofar as if it is protected by the First Amendment and a judge really says that that is the case, then maybe that's true. Fine. Okay. But you're right. We should be condemning it still because it's still wrong. That's the point. It's still wrong. Even if it's legal, it is yeah. still evil. And that is that is the point here. So the fact that people would even want to erect this kind of a statue. Yeah. Yeah, but she's defending it, and that's absolutely despicable to me. And even more, keep in mind the DeSantis team is defending it um, because they want her endorsement to matter. To matter, and it's it's another mm-hmm. sign of the DeSantis team not really being the conservatives uh, that they're actually, quite frankly. Well, if you're conservative, it's like, what are you trying to conserve? Our Judeo-Christian moral framework? Then stop defending exactly. Satanism. It's as simple as and, that and for me. You- Right. And don't you think it's not, you know, them acting, hiding behind uh, the First Amendment and her hiding behind the First Amendment um, uh, and defending they're they're literally defending this display is the same for me as these college presidents that defended the calls to uh, of genocide for Jews under the guise of, of free speech. They refused to denounce it. She's refusing to denounce it. Same thing. Same thing. Just another reason why I can't support DeSantis. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We got some more things to talk about. Um, did you know that the American dream now costs more than most people will ever earn in their lifetime? We got to talk about a little economics on the other side of the break. Don't go away. Okay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. It's that time of year. That's me, Rocco When people start debating whether or not Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie or not. I say it's not a Christmas movie just because Nakatomi Towers was attacked by terrorists in the middle of a Christmas party doesn't mean it was a Christmas movie. Where do you stand on this ever <laughs> present issue? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they're, I like the, I like the franchise, but I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a Christmas movie just cause I mean, yeah. it's pretty loosely. We're just throwing that around nowadays. I mean, there's one yeah. party, so <laughs> mm-hmm. and a Santa in a Santa suit. Right. Do you think that, <laughs> do you think home alone is a Christmas movie? I think Home Alone is more of a Christmas movie, at yeah. least in, in so far as that you could watch it with your family on Christmas and everyone's going to like it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, people have started watching Home Alone again. And so some TikTokers started posting about how at one point uh, Kevin McAllister goes to the grocery store and he buys a bunch of stuff. And in the movie with a coupon, it only cost him like 20 bucks <laughs> for, you know, the groceries and the household <laughs> items. So then they started doing an analysis and it would cost it, it, with inflation, it would cost two, 250% more, about 70 bucks for those same groceries <laughs> in that movie. What? Yeah, 250%. That's how much inflation we've had since that movie came out. I think it's, what, 1990, I think that movie came out. And inflation is just continuing to get worse to the point to where there's an article today that said 
that the American dream, which is to get married, you know, the house, the cars, the typical American dream experience in retirement would cost on average $3.4 million. And the average American only makes $1.7 million in their lifetime. So it's going to cost most people twice than what they earn to achieve the American dream. That's how far we've gone with inflation in this country. We got to stop the spending. We got we to gotta get rid of entire departments in our government. We've got to get some sanity brought back into our labor. Um, you know, this, this DEI stuff, James O'Keefe uh, did an expose showing uh, IBM and Red Hat, which is an IBM subsidiary, talking today about how they are incentivized. They're firing managers that are not hiring according to DEI. They get into specifics. In fact, the IBM um, president of IBM says Asian people are already represented enough. Um, So basically if you're Asian, don't bother to apply at IBM. Um, They're going to cut, they're not going to give bonuses to people that don't hire uh, in the way they want to hire, and they're going to give bonuses to people that do. I mean, the discrimination in our in our hiring these days is just out of control. We got to get some sanity back, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's it's just so disgusting to me. It, the ab- abolishing the meritocracy was such a terrible idea for so many reasons, but it's just completely based on these unjust diversity quotas. I guess. I mean, the idea that you have that any group is overrepresented or there's too many of you or not enough of you. It's like you're already reducing complicated creatures made in the image and likeness of God to these, you know, to the color of their skin, which is exactly what Martin Luther King did not want us to do. Um, it, it's just so, it's so disgusting. But it, it's there's also that political weird left-wing activism, like you're saying, with the ESG and not wanting to support people who don't hire in the way that you want them to or something. It reminds me of Larry Fink saying that, you know, we're not going to necessarily use the term ESG anymore, but we're still going to, you know, pull strings and pressure, you know, our affiliates and clients to embrace ESG frameworks in their business practices and or else, you know, we'll try to withhold funding or squeeze them in any way that we can. And at some point, West Virginia just said, we're divesting away from BlackRock. We're getting out. Uh, we're, we're tired of this woke investing, which is, by the way, not producing any real returns on investment. But it's all to say that this racial discrimination and hiring, it's the same with these universities, by the way. You can look at admissions and, into colleges and into American schools for the last 20 years and look at the dramatic change in which groups are being admitted on average and how much. And look at what's really you can see the cultural change moving away from meritocracy to yeah. we'll just start rewarding people that that mirror our values. Values and anyone who critiques our values gets thrown at the bottom of the stack, bottom of the yeah. list. That's it. It's disgusting. Right. And, right. And, and, and it affects our economy in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're elevating the, the stupid, the clotting gaze of the world and, and pushing down the Dr. Carol Swains of the world, you get, you know, who's going who's gonna to be the technological leaders in the world? Uh, meritocracy and our system of government here is too it, uh, the American spirit 
that is how we became the country that invented the greatest technology that's been used to save the world. Everything from flight to the TV to the electricity to the light bulb, you know, it all from, you know, all the cell phone, a computer, all of it from the United States of America. We used to have the greatest healthcare system in the world and the greatest medicine and science. Um, and it's all being destroyed. It's all being destroyed through um, the so-called progressive woke movement. And it's absolutely incredibly destructive. Um, and part of, and, and we almost, uh, you know, suffered under the wokeness of the first female president, uh, you know, AK Hillary Clinton. Um, <laughs> evidently Bill Clinton said this today, he ripped her campaign as not being able to sell blank on a troop train, meaning not able to sell women to troops on a train. That's how bad he is criticizing his woman, okay, and her campaign. Although she was never even able to legitimately sell herself to him. <laughs> now, allegedly, she's going to be joining the Biden campaign. Make that make sense to me, Sesame Broccolini. Why would you drag that loser onto your campaign? Misery loves company. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I really don't understand what she's thinking, but I've never understood what she's thinking. I, and I don't understand. Maybe you could explain to me what was the appeal? Cause people talk about Hillary like, Oh, she at least used to be kind of charming, but I never saw it. When? Yeah. I, I don't know people, but then again, those are the same people that say that uh, Joe Biden used to be charming or those are the people who allegedly voted for him in 2020. Um, but he's not doing well in the polls now, so I don't know why she's – I mean, he's down in Michigan to Trump by 10 points. I don't know if she thinks that she can revive his campaign, but I highly doubt it. Well, I, evidently, he's on board with her coming over to his campaign. I don't – you know, I think the I think the play is women. I think this whole abortion mm -hmm. thing yep. is um, is really where they think that it's at. And um, I think the Republicans, uh, that's not going to save Biden. Uh, they're going to have to legit steal uh, the election for Biden to win because there's no amount right now with of abortion argument they've got left to make that's going to cover for the economy. Right now, there's another article out that the average monthly mortgage has jumped from $1,700 a month to $3,300. Yeah. People cannot live. Seriously. Yeah, you're so pricing people friend. out of the American dream, and that, that when you start doing that, nothing else matters. And that hopefully right. Republicans will pick up on that. If I can't feed my family, then with all right. due respect, what's the point of even having this government? What what is right. the good of the country if you guys in D.C. can't help me put food on the table for my family? Because if I can't do that, which I'm called by God to do, then this government is not legitimate in my eyes. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. Final segment of tonight's Andrew K. Show coming up. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. I'm not a huge country singer fan, um, but, I mean, there are some country songs that I really like. 
And I particularly like when we've got country singers that are continuing to uh, uphold the tradition of CNW and actually have it be about traditional America, right? I love that uh, John Rich is out on his own, not with a label, and and popping out number one songs that are anti-woke, right? I love that. And I feel like we need to support, uh, you know, good conservative content creators in all aspects of the entertainment industry and in media. And here's a new one. He's an up-and-coming country singer. His name is Tennessee Jet, and he's got a, a, a song out um, that's called Two Plus Two. And evidently, it's anti-woke enough to where the venue in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called Mercury Lounge, has uh, decided to cancel his appearance. Um, in a message posted on X, the artist noticed that uh, noted that his show was canceled because he does not support, quote, childhood mutilation or, quote, men being allowed to physically dominate in women's sports. That's a phenomenal message. And man, that's one that needs to be told right now. Um, he said he was told on Monday that his annual Christmas show and toy drive at the Tulsa establishment was canceled. Uh, but he added, uh, quote, I wear this as a badge of honor and want to thank the Mercury Lounge for encouraging me to continue to speak the truth in my songs and share my views at a time when so many artists cower to the radical woke. He said that one of the problems the lounge had was with his song two plus two. Um, he says in two plus two, I take aim at the medical industry that encourages and profits off of so-called gender affirming surgeries for minors, bold letters. I believe kids struggling with their identity are being taken advantage of emotionally and spiritually for the sake of profit under the guise of sympathy and compassion. What these kids go through is heartbreaking. And I feel the last thing we as a society should do uh, when a kid is at their utmost impressionable and vulnerable is to allow them to per- is the last thing we should do is to allow them to permanently alter their body and damage their long-term health. I believe to truly be on their side in such a volatile time is to protect them from themselves and their fragile mental state. And he goes on from there. Um, they literally, this is this is how anti-children the left is, Sesame. They canceled a toy drive for children because of one of his songs. They're punishing kids. Your thoughts? Punishing kids all because somebody came over uh, or wrote, wrote a song or wrote some music about defending kids and standing up for them. It's it's just it's it's one of the many, many fronts in the battle between good and evil and these weird culture wars. But I'm so glad that country music singers are, are coming through with pro-faith, pro-family, pro-strong community and self-governance values. I'm truly American values. I'm, I've really been impressed mm-hmm. with country artists lately standing up, even just watching Kid Rock talk to Tucker Carlson and, and sort of take a stand. I know he can be controversial for some or divisive, I guess, but anyone who's pro-America, pro-faith, pro-family, um, pro, you know, <laughs> hardworking, honest people, God's people, I, I'm right there with you. So this is refreshing to hear, honestly, yes. especially coming out of the entertainment industry where you have hip hop artists like Doja Cat making videos where she lap dances oh. on the devil's lap. It's like, let's counteract some of the evil with some wholesome culture of our own. Let's start shaping public opinion again. And this guy is is a hero to me because, to me, when you're willing to sacrifice your career Mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form, Mm -hmm. that's pretty patriotic. That's pretty heroic. 
right? Because too many people take the easy way out. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. He's concluded his post by writing, I won't be bullied. I won't be censored. And I have nothing to apologize for. That's wow. The kind, yeah. That. We need more of people like that. We need bigger voices. Most people don't. I've never heard of him until I saw this story. But you know what? Uh, I, I I would love to support him. If I, you know, hopefully he's this story is going to get some legs. He's going to be invited to some bigger venues, and actually he's going to be rewarded financially. Uh, I hope that's what I hope happens for him because he is doing some good work there in, in uh, for children with this message and the left doesn't want this message to get out. They want you to, they want you to think that you're in the fringe if you don't support the mutilation of children. All right. That's it for us tonight. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Sesame Broccolini for a great show. And we will be back tomorrow night, 6 PM Pacific time. Peace out and keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.